Uh, like Pastor Jim said, we are continuing our series, The Original Guide to Healthy Relationships. I do want to draw your attention um, to our mobile app. If you go on the iTunes store or the Google Play store and you search Faith Chapel Syracuse, you can download our mobile app. There's lots of good content in there. Um, specifically, there's message notes. You can follow along and engage uh, with my message today. If that helps you, that would be absolutely amazing. I'm actually going to pull that up right now. So anyway... We are in this series, The Original Guide to Healthy Relationships. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but whenever I prepare, I try and, I try and go back and, and, and start basic with my thoughts and then work a little bit more complex. And as I was thinking about this, relationships really don't go away. Like, they're, they're a natural part of life. And, and when, I, when I read the Bible, I very quickly find that God created us. He wired us to live in community. And community is really built up of various levels of, of different relationships. And that's the whole reason for this series, because we said, hey, how can we make our relationships healthy? Because can, can we be honest for just a second? Can you be honest with me? I don't think any of us wake up in the morning saying, man, I hope my relationships are terrible today. <laughs> I don't. I hope you don't. But if you do, I hope that your perspective changes in the next 25 or 30 minutes. So having said all of that, we've said, hey, let's create a series where we go back to the Bible and we say, what does the Bible, what does God teach us about healthy relationships. And as I was preparing, I thought, you know, throughout my entire life, and I thought, man, what, what stories could I tell? And, uh, you know, what, what would illustrate about the topic that I'm talking today, about today? And I thought back to college, which was probably one of the most formative times in my life as it pertains to my relationships and how I interacted with other people. I moved out of the house. I moved to upstate New York from New Jersey, went to Elam Bible Institute in college and met my wife there. Baby, I love you. I love Emerson. Emerson's almost eight weeks old, and he's amazing. I love him. Um, I, I could talk about him all day. So, so, so in college, had the chance to interact with so many different people, staff and students. And something that I learned really quickly is when you get close to people, if you have close friends or a significant other, if you're married, those are the people that you get to know the good, the bad, and the ugly. How many of you know what I'm saying? Like, if you have a close friend, you have a significant other, you have a spouse, you see the good and the bad. You, you, you come to learn really quickly, like, what gets under your skin. But the beautiful thing about having close relationships with people is that we could choose to love them regardless of what annoys us or regardless of their, their imperfection. I, imperfections. And I found out that this was very true with my roommate. I love him. Maybe I've told this story before, but I want to tell it again because it, it really fits with what we're going after today. So my, my roommate, Salone, I, I, I love the dude. Um, but we were, we were a little different. We were similar, but we were different. So one day I head up to the cafeteria for lunch or dinner. can't remember what meal it was. But my roommate worked in the cafeteria. And we were tight. I mean, we studied together. Uh, we did everything together. We go to the gym together. I mean, we just did. We sit next to each other in chapel, next to each other in class. I mean, we were tight. It was a bromance for sure. Certified grade A authentic bromance. And so I go into the cafeteria one night, and I notice something a little odd. I notice that he is wearing one of my sweatshirts. And I'm like, huh, that's a little odd. I don't remember you asking me if, uh, if you could wear that. And this is happening in my head. I'm like having a conversation with him before the conversation. I'm like, man, you didn't ask me if I could wear that. I'm like, geez, I hope he's not cooking spaghetti tonight because it's a light, light gray sweatshirt. I'm like, might have to throw that out after tonight. Because you know how college washers are. They don't just wash anything. They just make it smell good. And so I'm like, oh, all right. So I just, I was just like, hey, it's my sweatshirt. What are you doing, scrub? Well, what's, uh, what's, what's going on? He's like, oh, yeah, forgot to ask you if I could wear it. Is it okay? I'm a little late now. 
Are you kidding me? I'm like, yeah, it's cool. It's, it's good. So anyway, I, I eat dinner, and probably within two minutes, I, I forget that he was wearing my sweatshirt. And, uh, you know, an hour or two hours later, I make our, my way back to our room, and I open the door. And I can't help but notice the first thing that I see is my sweatshirt crumbled up in the middle of the floor. And I'm like, dog, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, not only did you not ask me, you didn't put it back in the way that you found it. Like, you didn't even throw it over a chair. It's like in the middle of the floor. And at that point, I was like, all right. I need to have a conversation because if you know me, I don't have a problem lending things out. I love helping people, and it was something that I regularly did at school with my roommate. He'd be like, yo, can I borrow this tie? Sure. Ask me. Return it in the way that you found it. So I had a conversation with him. I said, listen, bro, I don't mind lending you stuff. You just got to ask me first, and you just got to return it in the way that you found it. And uh, yeah, so, but I tell you that story to say what that conversation did with my roommate, is it initiated something. It initiated a boundary. And that's what we're going to talk about today. When we're talking about healthy relationships, I think that that boundaries are non-negotiable when it comes to healthy relationships. And that conversation with my roommate started a boundary saying, if you want to use this stuff, here's what you have to do in order to get there. You can't cross this line. You can't cross this boundary and take my stuff without asking me, number one, and number two, with returning it the way that you found it. So if you haven't guessed, today we're going to talk about boundaries. And boundaries are a natural part of life. We look in the natural world around us, and our world is really full of boundaries. I mean, if you own property, you put posted signs on your property so that people don't come, don't hunt, don't do stuff on your property. If you're driving on the thruway, maybe you're going to Albany, maybe you're going to Rochester, you see that there's guardrails at certain points on the thruway and other highways. These are boundaries that keep us from things that are dangerous to either our vehicle or to us. We can get even a little bit more basic. We can look at our bodies. Our physical skin is the, the limitation, the boundary of our physical body. So we see that boundaries are absolutely essential in life. They're a natural part of life. And I believe that, that the, the same is true with relationships. However, they're maybe not as, as clear-cut and as easy as some other boundaries. So we're going to get into that today. I'm really excited. We're going to talk about boundaries. But since we're talking about boundaries in the midst of relationships, well, why, why are boundaries really necessary. I mean, I mean, a guardrail is pretty concrete. Like, I could walk up to a guardrail, I can kick it, I can clean it, I can destroy it, I can run my car into it, hopefully not. But, but when we're talking about boundaries and relations, what exactly does that look like? Like, why, why do we need boundaries? And here's why. Boundaries create an environment for healthy relationships. We're, we're talking all about healthy relationships in this multi-week series, and boundaries in our lives create an environment for, for healthy relationships. When we, when we set and when we maintain boundaries, that sets an environment for healthy relationships to grow and to prosper. But without setting and maintaining boundaries, our relationships will never be, be healthy. In fact, the, the lack of boundaries is actually destructive over time, it, it destroys our relationships and it causes us stress and anxiety and maybe even some more severe things. Let me, let me put it this way. How would you feel if maybe the people in your neighborhood, whether you know them or not, just drove by your house? The people that, say the people that drive by your house every day on their way to work or they pass your apartment or if you're a student, maybe the people that, that pass your dorm every day. How would you like it if unannounced they just walked into your apartment, into your house, walked right by you, into your kitchen and raided your fridge? I mean, maybe some of you would like that. Some of you are just, you just love people so much that wouldn't face you. But for me, if you have access to my fridge, you have access to my heart. (laughs) 
if you are touching stuff in my fridge, you've made it. Like, we're tight. I'm serious. Because about the, the only thing at that point you haven't touched is, is, is my wife or my son. So if you're coming into my house unannounced and just raiding my fridge, thanks a lot, you know. But we wouldn't like that because there's no relationship. Boundaries are being crossed. Boundaries are being violated. You, you, you haven't even informed me that you're coming. You're coming into my space unannounced and it's not cool. Imagine if our entire life was like that. Imagine if every single one of our relationships were like that. Void of boundaries where just our time and our space and our resources and our energy and our responsibility and our focus was violated because there was no boundaries. There was no lines. There was no guidelines. But what can we do about this? If we're talking about healthy relationships and if boundaries create an environment for healthy relationships, what can we do? How do we set boundaries? What exactly are they? Does the Bible even talk about this topic? Did Jesus ever interact with the concept of boundaries? And I'm going to say, yes, he did. And I'm so glad that he did because when we, when we examine the life of Jesus, we'll see that he is the primary example for, for setting boundaries in our lives. And when I think about the life of Jesus, I think, man, this guy was the most polarizing figure in human history where billions of people across the face of the planet thousands of years later claim to worship him and have a relationship with him. He, he built a lifestyle off of serving other people and loved people so much he would heal people and set people free. And yet, when we examine his life, when we look at his life closely, we'll see that his life was not void of boundaries. And I'm really, really, really excited about this. I want to show you a diagram. Philip, can you throw up that, that diagram for me? Phil is killing it back there on projection. Can you give it up for Phil? Come on now. Thank you, Phil. I appreciate it. So if I had to define boundaries, and this does not come from me, but I like this definition. A lot of my content today comes from a guy named Danny Silk, who's at Bethel Church in California. He wrote several books. Uh, one of the books that I really, really like is Keep Your Love On. It's about communication and boundaries. This comes from him. A lot of my content comes from him. If I whet your appetite, check out that book. Also the book Boundaries by Cloud and Townsend. Excellent, excellent, excellent book. But, but um, Danny defines boundaries as levels of access that we give to people. And each of us have in our lives something like this. We call this a circle of relationships. That's what I'll just call it for the sake of our conversation today. But boundaries are different levels of access that we give people. If you look at that innermost circle, that would be what Danny calls the God spot. That is the spot that is reserved for God because he knows everything about us. Whether we have a relationship with him or not, he knows the most about us. So that level of access is the highest because he knows us. And if we have a relationship with him, that level of access continues to stay high. Well, we move out to that, to that red circle, and that's either our spouse, our significant other, maybe it's a close friend. And that's still a very, very high level of access. For me, that is my wife, and that is my son. That's my immediate family. Well, we move out to that orangish yellow circle, and you can see there's a couple more people in there. The red circle only, you know, only has one. We see there's, you know, there's, there's more people in that, that orange circle. We move out to the purple circle, and there's more and more and more. You know, and, and you see you know, your immediate family will be in one of these circles. Maybe close friends is in the same circle as your immediate family. Then we get to extended family and coworkers and peers and the other students in, in your classes and your neighbors, and all the way out to... You know, we could say acquaintances are people that we barely know in those outer two blue circles. And for each person, this is going to be different. But this helps us understand boundaries because we prioritize access in our lives according to this circle. So the people that are closer to the middle of that circle, they're going to get a higher level of access. The boundaries are going to be different for them than the people further on the outside of that circle. 
Does that make sense? So it kind of helps us prioritize our time, prioritize our resources in our relationships according to where people fall in these circles. And as we look at the life of Jesus, this is really, really cool, we'll see that he has circles of friendships and that he created boundaries inside of those circles, inside of those relationships. This is really cool. So when we look at the life of Jesus, we see that he had, number one, he had John. And the Bible describes him as the disciple that Jesus loved. Like this was Jesus' close friend. Like this was kind of like his bromance. So he has John. Well, then we move outward a little bit. We move out one more circle and we see that Jesus kind of had an inner circle, which was Peter, James, and John. And when we look at the gospels, the, four, the first four books, say that 10 times fast, first four books of the New Testament, that there were times where these guys would be with Jesus apart from the other 12 um, disciples of Transfiguration and some other times where just this inner circle of Jesus was with him. When we move out even further and we have the 12 disciples who spent three and a half years with Jesus, doing life with him, learning from him, ministering with him. We move out a little bit further and we see the 72 that are commissioned in ministry um, in Luke chapter 10. Jesus sends out 72 saying, go ahead and do this. That's, that's a wider circle. In fact, if you look in that chapter, you'll see that I believe it's after the 72 return, you'll see that Jesus pulls his guys aside, his 12, and says, hey, let me, t- let me take what the 72 learned, and let me teach you, let's take it one step further. And then we go out another circle after the 72, and we see the 120 faithful followers that became the first church after Pentecost in the book of Acts. So we see that Jesus' life was not void of these circles of relationships, and I want to look at three just briefly. I want to look at three areas of Jesus' life where he established boundaries. And I want to see if we can learn something from the example of Jesus. So area number one where Jesus created boundaries. It was in his ministry, or we could even say in his, his work life. So for us, it could be ministry or it could be work life. I'm, I'm going to summarize um, a story in Luke chapter 8, but if you want to read with me, I'm going to read verses uh, 41 and 43 of Luke chapter 8. But let me give you a little bit of context. So Jesus and his disciples, the 12 disciples, are returning to Galilee. And when we read this story, the the words that the text used, at least in my translation, is that all of them were waiting for him. So that leads me to believe that all of Galilee is waiting for him on his return. So Jesus is returning to Galilee with his disciples, and he has the entire town waiting for him. By this point in Jesus' life, he's a pretty popular dude. A lot of people know his name. A lot of people are familiar with his ministry because he's, he's healing people and he's performing miracles. And the, I would imagine that these people probably either want to be healed or know people that they want to be healed or to be set free or, or things like that. And, and this, I love this story because it is such a clear example of Jesus setting boundaries in his life, even though he's one of the most, the most selfless person that ever walked the face of the earth. All right, so let's read Luke chapter 8. Verses 41 through 43. Then a man named Jairus, or Jairus, I'm not sure how you pronounce that, somebody can help me out. A synagogue leader came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house. Verse 42. Because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. I can't imagine what that's like as a parent, having a seven-week-old. I can't imagine being in that man's shoes. His only daughter, and she's 12, and she's dying. Uh, Middle of verse 42, as Jesus was on his way, um, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding. I think I have the wrong verses. No, I do have the right verses. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. I apologize. I think I put the wrong uh, verses in my notes. But anyway, 
Jesus, I'll summarize it for you. Jesus gets off the boat. He has the, he has the entire city of Galilee waiting for him. And Jairus comes and falls at his feet. And he says, will you come and will you heal my daughter? She's, she's dying. And in that verse that we just read, we saw that the crowds are pressing around. So Jairus is fighting through the crowds. He's clawing, he's scraping, he's squeezing through the crowds to try and get to Jesus. He says, will you come and will you touch my daughter? And Jesus decides to go. And that verse said that the crowds are crushing around him. I don't know about you, I can't stand crowds. About the only time that I will put up with a crowd is like a movie theater or like a sports game. But like, you will not catch me in the mall on a Friday night unless it's a movie. I'm serious, I just run from crowds. It's just, it's just who I am. I just, I just like open space. And I can't imagine what these guys are like. So Jesus decides to go to Jairus' house to heal his daughter. Imagine what that's like with the crowds completely surrounding him and crushing him. They're probably pulling at Jesus. Everyone's probably talking. Will you heal my uncle? Will you heal me? Will you heal my grandmother? Will you heal my daughter? Why are you, why are you choosing him? And here's what Jesus is doing in that moment. He's creating a boundary because when he's saying yes to go to the house to heal this little girl, he's saying no to the other people around him. And when he's saying no to them, he's saying, you know what? I'm saying, he didn't actually say this, but in a way he's saying, I'm saying no because I'm going to heal her. Jesus is setting a level of access there because he says, you know, I am choosing to go and to heal this little girl. That's the funny thing about boundaries. Sometimes we're so focused on what am I saying no to that we don't realize what we're saying yes to. And Danny Silk goes into a lot more detail and probably does a way better job communicating it than I do. But when we set boundaries, whenever we're saying no to something, we're always saying yes to something else. And when we're saying yes to something, we're saying no to something else. And in that moment, Jesus is saying yes to going to the house of the synagogue leader. He's choosing to say no to the rest of the crowd so that he can heal this little girl. She ends up dying while they're on the way, but he raises her from the dead. And it's just an absolutely beautiful story about the love and the compassion of Jesus. But here's what that demonstrates about Jesus. He knew how to say no, and he knew when to say no in his life. And this example just happens to be in his ministry and in his work. But we have to say, we have to be able to know when to say no and to be able to say no if we're going to have healthy boundaries. But let's not just focus on the no. Let's focus on what we're saying yes to when we're saying no to something, when we're, when we're setting up a boundary. Second example, in his spiritual life, Jesus set up boundaries in his spiritual life. In Luke chapter 5, verse 16, it says this, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus gave God the highest level of access in his life. He says, you know what? God is going to have that number one spot in my life, and I am going to give him the highest access in my life. He's going to have the best of my time, the best of my energy, the best of my focus, because he knows me best. And, and many times in, in, in the gospel, Jesus is saying, I only do and I only say what I see the Father doing and saying. The only way that he can do that, the only way that he, that he ministers is because he sees the Father doing, and the Father is enabling him to do that. So he prioritizes access to God in his spiritual life. And, and it says that he often withdrew. So I have to think that his disciples are not completely unaware of this. If you have 12 dudes who are living with him for three and a half years and Jesus is often getting away, they probably know what he's doing. And he set an example for them to say, you know what? This is my time with God. I'm about my father's business. I need this time alone to pray. And I love what, I love what Danny Silk says in his book. He says, our relationship with God doesn't compete with our other relationships. It protects them. 
So when we prioritize our relationship with Jesus, we say, you know what, God, you're going to be the center for whatever that looks like for you. You might be someone who prays hours and hours and hours. That's awesome. You might be someone who, when you fish or when you hunt, that's time with Jesus. Come on, that's awesome. I get out and I skateboard. And when I'm just alone, I just enjoy being in God's presence because it's, it's not completely mindless, but I'm just out and I'm about and I'm joy. Maybe it's in the word. Maybe it's when you're reading books. But whatever you have to do, prioritize that relationship with Jesus because that relationship is going to protect every other relationship that you have. Set up that boundary. Prioritize your spiritual life as that number one point of access going to God. So first, we have the work and the ministry life. The second, we have the spiritual life. Third, we have Jesus' social life. I love this story because Jesus had boundaries with his closest friends. We're going to jump over to Matthew 16. Jesus had boundaries with his closest friends, with his disciples and with his inner circle. Let's read these couple verses. Matthew 16, 21 through 23. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed on the third day and raised to life. After, you know, like three, three and a half years, if, if Pastor Jim was telling me that, I probably would have the same reaction as we're going to see in just a second. I, I, I just put yourself in the text for just a second and imagine if Jesus is, is telling you this. Uh, verse 22, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, rebuking Jesus. Great idea, Peter. <laughs> began to rebuke Jesus saying, never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Verse 23, check this out. Jesus turned and said to Peter, this is one of his closest friends, get behind me, Satan. He basically called one of his closest friends Satan. That's crazy. It's not crazy because it's Jesus. But he said, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Here's what Jesus is doing. Jesus is foretelling his death to his disciples. And Peter gets upset. He's like, there is no way that this is going to happen. Right there in that moment, Peter crosses a boundary. And Jesus says, "Mm mm-mm, Peter. And he called Peter out. He corrected him because, listen, you are threatening my highest priority, which is to do my father's will. And that's not going to happen. Peter, you cross the line. Here's the line is you need to respect this boundary. And here's what happens when we, when we create boundaries. Not only have I given you three types of boundaries that Jesus established in his life, but a couple of different principles that really apply to all boundaries. Boundaries not only determine access, who we, who we determine, hey, we're going to give access to our, our resources and our energy and our time and our focus. They also determine what we keep out of our life. And in this case, Jesus is saying, you know what, Peter, you can keep that manipulation out of here because I'm here to do the will of my father. Pause for a second, Peter. Think about that. I am about my father's business. You are concerned about man's business. And when we, when we set up relationships, we're saying, you know, I'm going to keep that out of my life. I'm going to keep that disrespect. I'm going to keep that unhealthy relationship out of my life. Or I'm going to keep the manipulation. I'm going to keep this or that. Whatever is not healthy to my relationships, I'm going to keep out. And listen, trying harder, being nicer, taking responsibility for others, this does not create or sustain healthy boundaries. But prioritizing who we give access to, our time, our responsibility, our resources, our energy, that determines healthy relationships. The diagram that I showed you, prioritizing what relationships are going to be where is how we set up our boundaries. And that creates the environment for healthy relationships. But maybe you're sitting there thinking, how do we set healthy boundaries? What exactly does that look like? Because I, I mean, I've told you a couple areas where Jesus set boundaries in, in his life, but I, I don't know that I've ever yet given you some steps as to what exactly that looks like. 
And you might be slightly disappointed because I'm not going to tell you how to exactly set up boundaries for your life because that's up to you. That's up to you to set the levels of access that you're going to give different people in your life, what you're going to keep in, what you're going to keep out of your relationship. But I'm going to give you three very, very practical steps in a minute that actually do come from Danny Silk, so I cannot take credit for them, that are going to help us um, set up and maintain boundaries in our lives, which are then going to lead to healthy friendships. And let me tell you what, not everyone is going to have the same level of access to you. Let's just put that out there right now. Not everyone is going to have the same level of access to you. Besides Jesus, my wife has the highest level of access to me. And if I give a higher level of access to my friends, or if I give a higher level of access to my energy and my resources to work than to my wife, then that relationship is suffering. That relationship is going to become a little bit more unhealthy. But if I give her my the appropriate level of access then that makes that relationship healthy and i'll tell you what if we don't set boundaries for ourselves other people will other people will determine where we spend our time and our resource and energy listen it's going to happen but we are powerful people and we can set boundaries listen here's three steps really really quickly and i'm going to close in just a minute learn to require respect this is the first step in making and sustaining boundaries. Learn to require respect. Listen, valuing ourselves sets up self-respect. Like if we don't value ourselves, how can we respect ourselves? How can we demand respect from other people? I'm not saying like demand, like "Mm, you better give me respect, but I think you know what I'm saying. If, If we're going to require respect of other people in establishing and maintaining boundaries, then we have to understand the extreme value that God gives us when we have that relationship with Jesus. He paid the highest price to restore the relationship that was destroyed by our sin and our mistakes and to give us new life free of fear and and all this other stuff, we have to understand that value because apart from understanding that value that God expresses to us in so many loving ways, we won't require respect and we'll let people walk all over us. Let people that we don't even know walk in and eat out of our fridge. And I don't know about you, but I don't want that to happen. And see, Jesus understood his value in God's eyes and that enabled him to both say yes and no when he needed to. Let me tell you something. If we are unable to say no, and listen, I, I have grown a lot in this area. I am not perfect, okay? So I'm not making this next statement from a place of perfection. I have this nailed down because I don't. If we have a hard time saying no, or if we even feel guilty when we're saying no, that just might be a sign that we're misunderstanding our value because we're not setting a boundary. We're not saying, you know what? The level of access has ended because I understand my value. I understand the perspective that God has about me. I have the mind of Christ. I am valuable and I'm powerful. Here's the line. We communicate the value we have for ourselves by saying no or saying yes, depending on what the boundary is. All right, number one, learn to require respect. Number two, tell others what you are going to do. Tell others what you are going to do. Listen, understanding our value empowers us to set up those boundaries. Because when we see our inherent worth and value in the eyes of Jesus, it's like, man, I can't help but set up boundaries. When I see how much God loves me, I want to love my wife and my son the best that I can. And I'm going to give them the highest level of access. And then it's going to be my close friends and my family and so on and so on and so on. But we have to be powerful and tell people what we're going to do. And when we understand our value in God's eyes, that's what empowers us to say, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. Listen, if they're your boundaries, tell people what you are going to to do. Jesus corrected Peter after he challenged. Jesus already told him what he was going to do. Jesus is like, this, this is what I'm going to do. And Peter challenged that. And he said, nope, this is what I'm going to do, Peter. This is my boundary. Third, take action. Setting and maintaining healthy boundaries 
requires action. How many times have you talked to someone and they're like, oh yeah, I'll do this, and then they never do it? Come on, that applies the same when we're establishing our boundaries. Come on, I mean, I mean how many of you that have kids, my, my son isn't there yet, but they test you. You say, yo, we're, we're not going there, and then they try and work you. I did it, I know. I tried to, I know, I know, I know. I know, I tried the whole divide and conquer and I got wrecked. I did. But listen, when we're setting our boundaries, let's follow up what we tell people we're going to do with actually taking action. That doesn't mean you have to be perfect. But if, we're, if we say we're gonna do something, we say, yo, today's my day off, I'm spending time with my family, my phone is off, don't turn your phone on. Follow up what you're gonna do by taking action. Jesus often went to places where he could be alone with God. I have to believe that his disciples knew that he was doing that and he followed through with that boundary, often getting alone with God to spend time with him. So just to repeat really quick, learn to require respect, tell others what you're going to do, and take action. And we see these steps very, very clearly in the life of Jesus. Just imagine with me for a second. I'm a visual guy. I like, to, I like to imagine. I like to dream. Imagine what your relationships could look like healthy when you set up boundaries. Or maybe when you get better at setting boundaries. Imagine what that looks like for a second. Imagine your relationship with your kids being even stronger because you're following through and you're actually taking action on the boundaries that you're communicating to your kids. Imagine how happy your spouse will be when you give them a higher level of access, and you set up the necessary boundaries around the other things to say, you know what? I'm going to give you a higher level of access in my life. I'm going to give you more time and energy and more of my focus. Just imagine how healthy your friendships would be when you say yes to them and say no to your phone. Come on, the studies are out there. We're more distracted by technology than we ever have been. Let's say yes to healthy relationships. Let's say no to the phone and just put it down for a little bit. And listen, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not perfect there either. I need to grow in that area. Imagine how strong your family relationships would be if you say yes a little bit more to them and know a little bit more to work and putting in time there. I'm not saying don't do your job. Do your job. Maybe you need to say yes to your family a little bit more. Imagine how strong your relationships can be when you say, you know what, I'm going to say yes to boundaries and I'm going to say no to just open access to anything. Listen, I hope this has been helpful to you. Would you pray? Or would you stand? I just want to pray for you really quick. Jesus. Listen, if you have any prayer needs after, after I close in prayer, feel free. The ministry team will be up here. If you have any needs in your physical body, if you need encouragement, maybe you want to meet Jesus today. You say, I want to know more about this, this guy that billions of people claim to follow who came to give up his life, to give me more meaning and significance, to make me powerful so that I can establish boundaries in my life to have healthy relationships. And after I pray, I ask that you would move your conversations to the atrium out of respect for those who are receiving ministry. would love if you would have a cup of coffee. Hey, let's go after healthy relationships. Listen, boundaries are not easy. It requires time. It's a grind. It's a hustle. Man, we only have so much time on the face of this earth. I want my relationships to be the most valuable thing in my life besides Jesus, but I want to prioritize them. And I want to have the appropriate boundaries to say those relationships in my life are going to be healthy. Let's work it. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. You're worthy. Thank you, Jesus, for the sacrifice that you made 
to bring us into relationship with you, to wipe away every sin and every mistake, to give us a life full of significance and love and meaning. We just, we praise your name, God. Holy Spirit, would you help us? Would you help us to establish healthy boundaries, to prioritize levels of access in our life? Lord, give us your perspective on us, that we would require that respect, that we would understand the amazing value that you've given us. Lord, help us to be intentional with what we say we're gonna do and to follow through, to take action. Would you help us, Holy Spirit? We thank you that you love us, Jesus. And we give you praise, we give you honor, we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Have an awesome day.